morning, good evening, whatever. <laughs> um, back today with another homeowner episode of a young black, very li- very alike with me. <laughs> She's very blunt and straight to the point. Um, she was able to buy a property at the age of 23 and is also the founder of an amazing platform called Change Blueprint. All of the details, of course, will be in the description. So without further ado, I'd like to introduce Francesca and enjoy the Blood Clot episode. Hello. Hey, Francesca, how are you doing? I'm good. How are you? Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. By the way, it's not hey. no video, by the way. Okay. Okay, yeah, it's all good. That's cool. Yeah, because I'm a hot mess right now. I literally, oh, I was decorating, oh. so I've literally got on like my dungarees, my hair. <laughs> it's all mad. <laughs> no, no, it's all blessed. It's all blessed. So but how yeah, how it? are you? I'm very good. I'm very good. Just um, chilling in, in this gloomy day. <laughs> Mate, yeah, I've been out since like nine this morning. Mm. And what are you decorating? My house. Oh, <laughs> so. Really? Yeah, cause um, cause I couldn't I couldn't do any of the work because of the whole COVID situation. So mm. I'm kind of like only getting stuff done now. Now mm-hmm. that restrictions have been eased and all of that. Um, what are you looking to do to your house? There's a lot. So like I've got a new kitchen. Wow. Had um like a partition wall put up and like building a uh, um. Open into the kitchen, mm. replace my shed roof, re um, stripping all the wallpapers in the bedrooms, new carpets. Like, it's a whole bunch of things. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, big up you because I, um, I literally hold on, let me move my mic. Um, I literally turned my spare room into an office, mm. and this was the first time I ever actually took into decorating. And I didn't even know what a spirit level was before. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And it took me literally, oh, my spare room is probably 10 by five, if that. Mm. So it's a very small room. It took me a good three days to paint. Like, so if you're painting, if you're decorating a whole house, Mm-hmm. big up you because that was hard work for me uh, yeah. and I'm never going to do it ever again <laughs> it's so long man like I'm doing the bedrooms myself but everything else I just paid my builder to do that man. yeah it's too long oh. man I'm sad I ain't got time <laughs> <laughs> I don't think anyone really has time to be honest yeah. um, okay well thank you for coming on to the um, podcast Mm-hmm. really really appreciate it um well to be honest let's just fire away introduce yourself i don't want to do an introduction on your behalf tell the listeners who you are what you do and we'll go from there okay cool so my name is francesca um i let me just start that again <laughs> <laughs> oh god all right yeah so um, do you want me to just do an intro in relation to like the property stuff as well? Nah, whatever you feel comfortable. It doesn't have to be property related. We'll talk about everything. Okay, cool. Um, well, yeah. So my name's Francesca. Um, currently twenty four. 
Uh, I have a full-time career working in HR and then on the side I also run an initiative called Change Blueprint which is basically providing personal finance and home ownership education um, to people from disadvantaged backgrounds. So yeah, that's me. <laughs> big, well, big up you. But, 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 but. <laughs> okay. Um, so let's start from your career wise so say you've got um you're working in hr um did you have to go to university for it or what was your situation in terms of maneuvering yourself to working in hr so i didn't actually go to uni so after um college i number one i couldn't afford to go uni mm. um i applied because my sixth form forced us all to apply um, <laughs> But my mum was like, as soon as I submitted that application, she was like, just know, if you go uni, you're on your own. Like, ah, I'm not okay, no. <laughs> so I was wow. like, yeah, that's it. Mm. Um, so then, yeah, I started looking at other options. And then instead, I did an, I managed to get an apprenticeship at mm. um, a asset management company in the oh, city. Okay. So I actually did an apprenticeship straight after college at 18 um, mm. in an asset management company working in HR. So that was kind of how I got in to that. But yeah, no uni, no uni. Mm. And how's it been working in, well, firstly, how was it being an, an apprentice um, quite young? Because I know things have changed from, because you said that you're 24 now. Yeah. Yeah. So things have obviously changed from when you initially got um, the apprenticeship. So how was it doing an apprenticeship? Do you know what? I feel like... Um, because a lot of people, I think what a lot of people think about apprenticeships, initially they used to think that it was like to do with labour jobs mm, and stuff like mm, that. Obviously mm. it's not transitioned. But then the other thing is that people are always like, oh, you know, but then you, you're you just jumping into working full time. You're not going to mm. have a life, this, that and the other. When I tell you, yeah, I had a life. <laughs> <laughs> because I was earning money as well. Like yeah. I was earning a salary. So all mm. my every single one of my friends went to uni. So mm. I got to enjoy their experience by just going to visit them on weekends or whatever. Mm. So yeah. I was making mm. my money and then going up to visit them on weekends and whatnot and enjoying the uni life regardless. Mm. Um, mm. So, yeah, so for me, it wasn't like, um, it wasn't too bad for me. And as well, I'm much more of a practical learner. So that was mm. one of the reasons why I didn't want to go uni, just because mm. I really don't, like I was very academic. I got really good grades and stuff like that, but I didn't mm. enjoy learning theory um mm. i'd rather learn by actually just doing something so mm. the apprenticeship group was a, was much more suited to me because i was literally learning i was studying for a qualification but applying what i was learned what i had learned yeah. every day in my job which mm. was a lot more suited to me and are you still at the same um hr black place um, no, so I, I still work in HR, but mm. after my apprenticeship finished, um, they did offer me a permanent job, but I was, um, I basically finessed my apprenticeship. <laughs> like, I made sure that I got experience in every single yeah. area in HR that you mm. can ever do. So then, um, yeah, like the money that they was offering me for the permanent role, I said, nah. Um, and I just looked for other jobs and then I got some, I went somewhere else that paid me mm. a lot more. Okay, cool. All right. So um, just to give people a little bit of context. So I found you, how did I find you on Instagram? I don't know how I found you on Instagram. Did you do paid ads? I know. I think, I don't know. It was either an ad 
or somebody posted um obviously the initiative that you are doing um which you're running alongside working full time so which we're going to which we're going to also talk about but um what caught my eye was the fact that you no it wasn't it was twitter do you have twitter um i do now oh okay well i don't know how i caught you but basically <laughs> how i found you but i basically saw the post of you owning your property at 23 i think it was mm. um and then i done obviously my own own research so so obviously big up you again second big up for buying a property <laughs> very young um especially in this in this economy so <laughs> <laughs> talk about you obviously said that um, your mum said that you had to, you you wasn't going to go to uni and you couldn't necessarily afford to to go to uni and things like that. So mm. tell me, what was your thought process from somebody that's what what do you how old do you when you finish college? Eighteen. Eighteen. Yeah. So yeah, you're eighteen, and so in, within a space of five years, you've finessed an apprenticeship um, and been able to manoeuvre yourself to buying a property all within a space of five years and got a qualification out of the apprenticeship. So tell me what your mindset was from 18 to then whenever you decided that, okay, I think I'm in a position to actually buy a property. Mm. So it's been a bit of a weird, unconventional journey. So basically um, when I was younger, my mum, okay, we went, we, we were a very low income family, but my mum brought me up with principles that made me rich is what I like to say. So she brought me up with like principles around saving. Um, I had to pay rent from 16, mm. not extortionate rent that everyone talks about on Twitter. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and like I had to pay my own phone contract mm. since 18, all that kind of stuff. So I was financially, I had financial responsibility from a young age in comparison to a lot of my friends. Mm. Um, and I think that helped me a lot. So I was always used to saving. Um, so I'd always had savings from whenever I can remember. Um, so yeah, when I got my apprenticeship, where a lot of my friends went in uni, I was just saving most of my money anyway, mm. because, because I was brought up without having materialistic things. Mm. Me personally, I don't value ma- mm. like materialistic things now. So like, even though I had excess money, I didn't care to be spending it on luxury items or whatnot. If I was spending it on anything, it was to go away on holiday. Mm. Um, so I saved a lot of money. And then from working in an asset management company as well. So although my job was in HR, I made like an active effort mm. to speak to people in other departments and work with people in other departments. So I started working with um, some of the finance team. And then I was starting to learn more about how the company manages um, its finances. So things around like budgeting and mm. having certain money stocked away in terms of an, in terms of an emergency and stuff mm. like that. So what I now know in terms of personal finance, I actually learned from working with the finance team in my management company. Um, So yeah, so that kind of exposed me more to the financial aspects. I started managing my finances a lot better following that. Um, And then, and because it was a real estate company, um, so it was asset management focused in real estate. So they did a lot of corporate um, real estate. So like warehouses and Um, shopping centers stuff like that and then that's when I started to learn a little bit more about investing and then I started to get more interested in property to learn about it Um, and so then 
while I was in my apprenticeship, I used to recruit for um, graduates and interns. And then we'd sometimes get interns who would reject our job offers because they couldn't afford to come and live in London. Um, so that then sparked me to actually start researching about property. So it was actually that because then I thought, okay, is there a way to actually provide some form of affordable accommodation so that these people can actually take these opportunities? Mm. And then that then led me to um, leasing a property in South London, which I now manage. Um, and I ran it out to young people who've been offered job opportunities from um, outside London to come and work in London. Um, and then I established from that that I didn't enjoy managing other people's properties, and I was just like, "No, I've done this. I can't. <laughs> I can't stick to this." So how old was you? How old was you then when you when you first started managing your property? I was twenty one. Okay, cool. Yeah, so I was like, "This is long." Mm. Um, and then I was like, "Okay, I think I just want to start owning my own mm. um, and just having all the say in what happens to this property if something goes wrong." Um, so then, yeah, I literally just went to. I had that a good amount of savings mm. um, and I was, I went to go and get an affordability assessment and then they told me what I could afford or whatever. And I was actually in quite a good position without realizing. Um, mm. So then, yeah, I just kind of actively started, you know, that was around the time when I was moving jobs. So that was yeah. one of the reasons why I didn't stay in the company where I did my apprenticeship. Gotcha. I was intentionally, building my income, making sure that my credit was good and all that kind of stuff um, mm. so that I could then buy a property. So that was at 21. Um, and I was just kind of determined that by 22, I should I need to be in the position for me to buy a property. And then I found the property that I wanted at 23 and then mm. went through it. Well, big up <laughs> you two times, honestly. <laughs> okay. Um, so how was the... Aside from the job aspect, how was the actual property searching aspect for you? Like, you know you're, you're 22 and um, you have some inkling of, of property. Um, yeah, t- talk about the process. Mm. So even when I was like um, thinking about buying a house, mm. obviously I had managed a property already, but managing a property, buying a property is two completely different processes. Mm. So it required additional learning. So I was then kind of going out and networking with other people in property. And that was how I learned a like, variety of, of like, variety of knowledge around property, not just about buying. So, mm. yeah. Um, and then, um, Sorry, what was the question? <laughs> oh, the process. Like, what? How, what was the processes that you're going through um, at such a young age to go through to buy to to find out? Okay, this is the property I want to buy. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So then, um, for me personally, I didn't want to buy a house that was going to affect my monthly income. So I think what happens a lot at the moment, and some one of the reasons why I started Change Blueprint as well, is that a lot of people glamorize buying a property. Mm, but, preach. <laughs> like, preach. But it's like, just because you own a property, it doesn't mean that you own an asset. And mm. just because you, you think you have, just because you have the affordability in the bank's eyes to buy a property, it doesn't necessarily mean that Makes you should. Yeah. Um, mm. So for me... I think that a lot of people, you know, they focus on getting in the position to buy a property. But then mm. for me, buying a property is a lot more than just being in that position. It's also your mental position as well. Mm. So mm. like 
I made sure that I understood literally every aspect of what owning a home would mean. Mm. Um, not just how I get a house, but once I've got a house, what then happens after? What does that mean? Mm. Um, so I then decided, right, do you know what? I don't want to just buy a house and have it eaten out my salary. Mm. Um, if I buy a house, then I need to buy it and have it not affect my monthly income. So that was why I then said, okay, cool. I'm going to look to buy a free bed. Um, I'm not buying anything with less than three bedrooms so that I can rent out my rooms and have it pay for itself. And then my monthly salary is not affected. I can still invest where I need to invest, et cetera. Mm. Um, so that was like, that was my thought. So because I knew that as well, it made the process of finding a house a lot easier because mm. I knew exactly what I was looking for. If it didn't have three bedrooms or at least two bedrooms with an ability to make it free bed, I wasn't interested. I knew mm. what my budget was. So, you know, I was looking at things that were, um, you know, a few thousand pounds above my budget. Because obviously there's mm. ways room to negotiate. Um, but yeah, that, so the fact that I knew what I wanted just made mm. it 10 times easier. Because then it was like, before, if I saw it on right move or Zoopla, I knew whether it was going to work or not. So I mm. wasn't wasting my time, kind of mm. thing. And do you remember how many viewings you went on before you um, found your property or did you find it on right move and be like boom this is what it is or did you just go on the vast amount of viewings yeah so I um because I wasn't buying in London so at the moment um I live where my mum lives is in South London oh, so cool. I wasn't planning to buy in London so when I was um trying to arrange viewings and stuff like that it would be on a weekend mm. so I had like a little spreadsheet where I'd spend my days you know looking at properties and mm. I'd just book in a bunch of viewings um mm on the day that I was able to go on viewings. So I think I did in total, um, maybe around like no more than 30, I would say. 30, um, okay. I would do like nine in a day because mm. I would just be spending like a Saturday to do viewings. So I'd mm, make sure mm, that it was mm. worth my time. I'm not going to drive somewhere and yeah. only do one viewing. So I'd do mm. like nine in a day or something. Okay. And I'm assuming those were with estate agents. Yeah. So they were all with estate agents. And what was your experience using estate agents? Um, do you know what it is? I know, I kind of know how estate agents work. So like, First of all, like okay, <laughs> let's 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 break that down because I I wouldn't say I'm an estate agent, but I'm but I sell properties. But I wouldn't yeah. say I'm per se the typical estate agent because mm-hmm. I I specify new builds. So what is before before that statement? Explain that statement in terms of your your perception of estate agents. Because the thing is, like, I feel like first of all, estate agents they like they're just looked at like, Ugh. Mm. <laughs> but, <laughs> but um, I don't really look at that. I just look at it as the, it's it's a salesperson to me. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Um, and they're a salesperson on behalf of the person who is selling their property. So they're not necessarily working in my 100% my best interest um so even when it comes to like asking questions about the property and all of that I'm not wasting my time to ask the estate agent a thousand questions about the property because I know they're a salesperson they're not actually a property expert half the time Um, (laughs) (laughs) that is true it's actually true though (laughs) like if I were to ask something about the boiler most of the time the estate agent can't tell me because they're literally there to just try and be a to just be a salesperson. They're not going to know the whole in depth about the property itself because they are not the owner. Okay, the like, boiler is a bit of a it's a bit like obviously there's different types of boilers, but come on with the, like 
<laughs> I, I, no, I, I, I couldn't even like if I had a question about oh like when I don't know when they change the boiler. Say if the boiler looked old, I'd say yeah. oh when the boiler installed. Some mm-hmm. of them. Yeah, see, see, I can agree with. I can definitely agree with that. Um, uh, there were well, to be honest, I could, I agree with everything you're saying because there are a lot of trash estate agents, mm-hmm. um, that do just pre- pretty much work in work for the um the vendor, um. But okay, go on, go on, carry on, carry on, carry on. <laughs> but yeah, but in terms of my experience with them, like mm. the estate agents who I viewed with, I didn't have any issues with them. Like mm-hmm. my process was quite smooth. Um, my estate agents got back to me really quickly all the time. Um, and, you know, obviously they try to get you to use like their brokers and all of that. Which I is trash. Like, I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, for me, it's kind mm. of like I understand like what they're going to try and, get me to do but i know that's not necessarily mm. in my best interest to do those things so may i ask when you was in the negotiation process how how was it as a young black woman um at that time you was 22 or 23 uh 24 was that 23 let's just say 23 i can't even yeah, remember 23 and it's your first time really um negotiating on on quite a lot of money so how how was that in terms of when you first put in your first offer um if you put again, in an offer yeah so again i kind of know how i kind of get how it works so like with me i know that there's always it's like a just a known thing that you're you know you put in an offer they're gonna come back and say no they want more so it's like mm. don't put in your budget do you know what i mean mm. um so i made sure that you know i put in well below what my budget was and i knew what my max was um, and as I thought, you know, I put in an offer, they came back and was like, oh no, they they want more basically. Mm-hmm. And then I asked, okay, are there any other offers though? No. Okay, mm-hmm. then I'm staying with what I'm going with. Um, and then, yeah, they're just like, oh, they, the seller just wants more, blah, blah, blah. So then I offered slightly more, like literally mm-hmm. three grand more. Mm-hmm. And then it got accepted. But I could have been that person to be like, oh, okay, fine. Mm-hmm. I'm going to offer yeah. my max mm-hmm. budget because mm-hmm. they want more. But I know how it works. Like they just they so say. So how that, did you know how it works? So from me um, networking with people in property, yeah. they mm. told me all that stuff. So that's why that's why I say like everyone glamorizes buying a property, but glamorize learning about the broader yeah. aspects of property, not mm. just how you get ready for a mortgage. Mm. Mm. Preach, preach. <laughs> that's fingers. Preach. I know some people have got, have really got bumped. Yeah. on their first house 110% 110% no okay first f- firstly with newbies okay um firstly for me I'm not even gonna lie um for me I'm a slightly different that's why I don't really classify myself as an estate agent because at the end of the day without without either party I don't I don't get commission mm. so like new builds new builds compared to second hand is slightly different mainly because Newbills are if you look at the brick and mortar valuation compared mm. to the asking price, they're usually there's usually about a 70% up mark. Um yeah. so there's always room for negotiations on new builds, regardless of anything. Exactly. Um, but with like with second hand, it's slightly different, mainly because um it's the worst same principle without the buyer, you don't have um a sell, and without the seller, you don't obviously have a buyer. Um but it's like for me personally i always try to work in the middle at the end of the day if a person if x amount is needed to get a deal across if because all le- um, vendors will always have a minimum yeah. against your comfortability but it's not at your maximum 
then we should then we should meet in the middle as opposed to maxing out your comfortability to just so the vendor gets um their maximum which in reality isn't that isn't that much of a variant between mm -hmm. your comfortability in terms of your offer price against um what they're asking for when you're going in let's say for instance like it's three hundred thousand, and you're going in at two hundred thousand. Then I just wouldn't even put it forward. <laughs> but if it's like two two five, two thirty, and I know that okay, your mortgage is paid down to X amount, and you've actually got wiggle room, like you need to relax yourself. Do you get what I'm saying? With new builds, like for instance, I got something agreed and like last week, and they got a four hundred k discount. Do you get yeah. what I'm saying? Um, but in second hand, that would be unheard of. So yeah. I think it really just depends on on the estate agent themselves because you can meet a lot. I've met a lot of estate agents that unless it's like 95% of their asking price, they're not the offer. The offer is 95% of the asking price. They're not even going to put it forward to the landlord. But it's like, mm. bro, you're probably losing out on what, 50 or 100 pounds worth of commission compared <laughs> to, in, in the grand scheme of things, do you get what I'm saying? So it's like, you're going to lose a deal for, for what, 50, 100 pounds. Mm. Um, but yeah, no, definitely, um, props to you for actually educating yourself properly. On... Cause I think as well, it's just lack of people just, I think it's a lack of research for a lot of people. Yeah. So like with me, um, I checked what all the houses on my road sold for in the last see, few years. This is, this is, <laughs> see, hold on. See, you're, you're basically doing my podcast for me because <laughs> this is what, <laughs> this is why I wanted to start this podcast because I want, I didn't think there was like, in my opinion, there's all of this information out there. Um, tell a lie. I haven't actually really, I've only tuned into one of your lives. So mm. aside from, aside from your initiative, a lot of the information that I've seen out there come from people that have just bought a property or they're like doing rent to rents or property sourcing and things like that. And a lot of their information that they put out there is relevant, but it's not relevant to first time buyers. And when I mean, it's not relevant to first time buyers, aside from getting a mortgage and help to buy questions, like nobody talks about negotiations. Nobody yeah. talks about, you can literally go onto if I type in a postcode, I can find out how, um, how, if I pay three pounds, I can find out how much mortgage is left on your property. If you go on right move, you can see all of the sold house prices from the, from the first transaction, yep. but nobody really focuses on that. And that's why when you said so many people have been bumped, like I remember I had, um, what somebody, I literally just released an episode. I asked her, oh, how much discount did you get? And I think she was like five grand discount. And I'm just, and what? I'm thinking, Oh, like five grand, like really? Um, but yeah, like props to you from whoever taught you, props to them. But um, yeah, there's so much stuff that you can, and tools that you can use um, to actually find out what you need to really be offering. Because a lot of these secondhand landlords, even with new bills, new bills are highly inflated, but a lot of these mm -hmm. landlords that own secondhand properties like Victorians, periods, whatever, they have a high expectation for their property and, and yeah. they haven't, they haven't refurbished their property in like the last 15 years. So <laughs> yeah, it's like, that was another thing as well. Like people need to understand, use what you can to bargain. Like for mm. me, the interior of my property was old. Mm. But I knew, okay, I'm going to have to spend X amount to do up. So that's X amount coming off my asking price. Like, cause mm. what I always say to people is like, when I do my workshops and stuff, when we get to the point of talking about, um, like negotiating and this and mm. the other, I always tell people, what you see on Rightmove and Zoopla 
is the asking price. Mm. If someone asks you for something, you don't have to give it to them. So negotiate. <laughs> like if someone asks me for something, I have my, I don't have all my right to say to say no. So mm. it's the same with property. If someone's asking for a certain price, then you can just negotiate. Everything in this life is negotiable. Preach. Oh, like I s- God bless you. God, God will bless you abundantly. Honestly, because it's like, like aside from, ah, oh, you need to save X amount to get X amount and this is how you get a mortgage. It's like there is so much, so much more in-depth yeah. things that is needed to get the best value property. Like, it's, to be honest, in my opinion, buying a property is very straightforward. Once you have, <laughs> once you have whatever, whatever means you're going to use to buy your property, whether it's help to buy, shared ownership, or yeah. privately owned and once you have a deposit and once you have a salary it's very very straightforward but once you get there it's like it can be very overwhelming for people that aren't necessarily extroverts that aren't mm-hmm. necessarily people that have like for me i can automatically look at somebody and say okay i know if they're gonna buy or not or i know by your by your demeanor if you're gonna now bargain with me or if you're gonna be asking me loads of questions that are very irrelevant just mm-hmm. just from looking at somebody or spending like 30 seconds with them. Um, and that's how I would say estate agents really take advantage of people just because yeah. a lot of estate agents, as you rightly said, don't really know anything aside from the property that they're selling. They don't really know much um, about anything personally. But anyway, that's another conversation. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, okay, cool. So once you got your offer accepted, explain next what happened. Um, so then... Um, my solicitor did what they need to do. Um, my How was your solicitor's process? Because there's a lot of um, a lot of people that I've even recorded episodes with haven't had the best of solicitors. So what was your experience with your solicitor like? How, how did you find them? Do you know what it is? Yeah, I feel like people have very high expectations of solicitors. Mm-hmm. And I've, I say this to everyone. More time, if you buy a property, you're going to think, what did I pay all that money to my solicitor for? Because it's mm. actually you who does a chasing. Mm. <laughs> it's true. Like, yeah, it's true. actually you who does a lot of the chasing and middleman for someone you're paying. Mm. Um, but mine was like, I did have to do a bit of chasing. Mine did get longed out, but it was also partially my fault because I mm. just, I was prolonging, I was procrastinating, reading all them papers, man. <laughs> like, <laughs> the amount of trees my solicitor must have sent to me, oh, oh my God, it was so long that I kind of procrastinated on it, so I longed it out a bit, so that was my own fault. But mm. other than that, um, my solicitor was calm, to be honest. Mm, mm, mm. Okay, cool. And how long was the, like, from offer acceptance to completion, how long was that process? Um, again, that's what I longed that out. That was longed out because of me. It could have been like three months, but mm. I because I took long to read the documents. It probably took about five, I'd say. Five months. Wow. Okay. Um, how was the how was like the vendor? Um, the vendor was fine because okay, basically, cool. when I bought my property, it was owned. The person who owned it had passed away, so it was oh, her children who was selling. Oh, okay. So it was a rebate. There was no rush or anything. Mm-hmm. So, so do you mind how much proportion did you get off the asking price, if you mind sharing? Um, so I think in total it was like 10K. 10K, okay, that's not too bad. And then when I bad. looked at what other properties sold for, it mm. was, if I looked at what I got it for versus what property was property sold for, very similar, it okay, was cool. 20K. 20 oh, okay, cool. Okay, that's good, that's good. There. Okay, um, all right, cool. So how did you feel when... Um, you completed 
Um, well, how did I feel? I was slightly anxious, just in the sense of, oh wow, like okay, I do actually have a house now. <laughs> <laughs> I need to, I need to get my ish together, like. Um, and because also when I got when I completed, I was going to Colombia in five days. Oh wow! Um, so literally, I knew I had like a lot of work to do on the property, so I was mm. like, okay, you know what? Let me just sort this out when I get back, because there's no, mm. no point to do something trying to do stuff in five days. Yeah. And then what happened when I got back? Everything was in lockdown. <laughs> ah, so, yeah. yeah that shaked me um but yeah other than that i didn't really i actually didn't feel no type of way mm. to be honest <laughs> mm, mm, mm. what who was the first person you contacted when you got the email or call from the solicitors you finally completed i don't think i actually told anyone you know <laughs> my, like my mum knew obviously mm, mm. my mum was like coming on viewings and that but yeah, yeah. other than that I think like my friends were asking me for updates. I wasn't oh, really sharing updates. Okay. Um, so mm. it was like I think one of my friends asked me, and I told her, but I didn't actively like contact anyone. I don't mm. think. Mm-mm-mm. I hear that. I hear that. Okay. So you can see I'm very laid back. So. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So um, so in terms of like your um the property that you bought and stuff. So you did you intentionally buy that property? Was when you was looking, was you yeah. intentionally buying um or looking for a house that you had to do work on? Yeah. Or okay, so cool. And in terms of like numbers wise, do you mind sharing how much you're putting aside for the renovations? Yeah, so with the work my builder's doing, um, mm. I'm paying him eleven and a half thousand, which is actually really good. So He's basically, but if I tell you what he's doing, everyone's mm. at what? So he's given me a new, brand new kitchen, all materials included. That price mm. includes that and all materials, by the way. Wow. Um, so new kitchen, move it. He moved my boiler. Um, he has, re- he's replaced the roof. Where's your boiler downstairs? So or my in boiler is in the bedroom, and okay, I wanted cool. it moved into the kitchen. Gotcha, gotcha. Um, so he moved all of that, did the plumbing and all of that for for that. Um, he replaced the roof on all three of my sheds plus new shed doors. He gave me a new gate on the outside of my house because my house is at the end of terrace. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he put up a partition wall so that I could have my third bedroom. He closed off an opening between the kitchen and the um, new bedroom. Um, what else has he done? New tiling in the bathroom, new sink in the bathroom, listen. realigning all my windows. Listen, like. listen, 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 <laughs> listen, listen. <laughs> I'm even renovating my place now. Please, after this, I need his contact details. Because <laughs> what? Listen, that's what, what I tell you. Everything in this life is negotiable. And don't tell people your budget. You, if, if, uh, I have to be careful that he doesn't listen to this podcast. But <laughs> like, <laughs> the budget I told him was half of what my budget was. Swear down. Yeah. Fuck. So that's why I say everything in this life is negotiable. <laughs> Um, what country did you yeah, come from, so, may I ask? Uh, so my mum is half white, half St. Lucian, and my dad mm. is half Indian, half St. Lucian. Oh, Basically St. Lucian. Do you know, you have such an African mentality. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to lie to you. Oh, wow. I've that is that. mad. Because I'm not gonna. I need. I need to change all my flooring. I need to get. I need to get what. Well, I recently got my kitchen done, anyways, in my bathroom. Yeah. I need to change all of the flooring, and I want to paint the house. So yeah, I need. I need. I need. I need your builder to be honest. How did you find him, first of all? 
yeah he's been fat and you know what he works really quick as well and um, partially probably because of the cost as well so you know yeah. he's trying to be in and out because he has to pay his other um team daily but um yeah he's been really good like i've gone there to do a few site visits whilst yeah. he's been doing the work and we just like go through stuff um anything i want he does it he's done a few bits like extra bits we need mm. fluttering my eyelashes for him to do for free <laughs> um, just that like, even my sink so one thing i'd say as well is if you're getting um if you're going to do renovations in your house even if your builder's not doing certain work for you see if mm. they can buy certain materials for you because they get a lot of stuff cheap so even yeah. in my bathroom i want like a new sink if I buy a new sink myself, I'm looking at £150 plus because I also mm. want a cabinet for it. This guy can get it for me for like £80 because he can get trade discounts mm. and that. So that kind of stuff, mm. those, that's mm. a good way mm. to cut costs. But yeah, he's been good and that he, um, that he's always like, oh, if you want me to get this for you or that for you, then just let me know. I can get it for a discount, etc., etc." Et so he's been, he worked really well with me. Mm. Okay, that's good. And when do you think it's all going to be done? Hopefully next week. Next week, okay. Yeah, I just went there today, um, and it is really it's pretty much finished now. Kitchens mm. are done, downstairs is done, just a few like bits to tidy mm. up. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Okay, so um, when do you think um you're gonna like rent start renting out the place and stuff? So I'll probably be looking for tenants in August to be honest. Really? And, wow. Yeah. <laughs> um, how, do you, I don't, how are you gonna I, find I'm, it? I'm a no nonsense person, you know. Like I just. <laughs> Fast, fast, let's get it done. <laughs> are, you, are you anxious about that? Like having strangers just move in? Do you know what it is? Yeah. Again, mm. because I've, I've managed a property before and mm. because it's different from me, man, like it's not a private rented, um, mm. fully private rented property. So because they're going to be lodgers, if I want them gone, I yeah. just have to tell them, look, you need to go. Like, <laughs> um, so I'm not too fast. It's like if I get a bad tenant or whatever, God forbid, mm. um, then it's like, I don't have to go through no long eviction process or nothing mm, like that. Mm, 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 um, and also, I'm I'm that very choosy of who I allow into properties yeah. anyway. Like so far, I've never had a bad tenant in a property I've managed. Mm. Um, so I know like how to weed people out. <laughs> okay, good, 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 good. Okay, cool. Um, well, big up you, Mrs. Negotiator. <laughs> um, half Indian, half well, quarter Indian, quarter white, half Indian. But has an African mentality. Um, <laughs> <laughs> big up you. Um, okay, cool. Um, so talk about change blueprint then. Mm-hmm. Um, so fire away. Yeah, so it's basically an initiative to educate people on some of the things that we talked about today. So mm. broader aspects of personal finance as well as home ownership. The reason that I do both is because, yes, you need to get your finances together when you've got a property. But also, I say to people, it's also after you get a property. Like, you can't just think, yeah, I'm going to get my spending in check for three months so that I can get a mortgage and then you're doing wahala after. Mm. Like, it doesn't work like that. If you want mm. if you want your house to be taken away from you, then go ahead. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, so a lot of it is around, like, the personal finance bit. And then mm. with the homeownership education, it's not the generic, oh, this is how you get a mortgage. Mm. Um, this that, and the other like no it's also about teaching you the broader aspects of property so okay how do you actually go about making your home an asset once mm. you've got your property how do you actually need to manage your mortgage because ultimately your mortgage is debt so you mm. should always be reviewing and managing your debt that you have um so yeah so it's it's um i personally say from a lot of the property workshops that i've experienced mm. it's a lot more in depth 
and prepares you for mm. life because i say as i said before a lot of people glamorize property mm. and they want to rush to get on the ladder but it's not about rushing mm. and you have to take time <laughs> it's your I biggest it. mm. you're gonna make so mm. make sure that you understand it fully mm, mm, mm. okay um and is there anything else that you want to like plug or or promote um well i'll just say follow change blueprint um on instagram which is at change underscore blueprint um and yeah just always reach out to me i'll just always say just run your own race like even from listening to me yes i did buy a house at 23 like yes i was managing a property at 21 blah 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 but don't now come and look at me and think that you must do the same thing as much as i've achieved whatever i always say to people my achievement should not be your failure it's Amen. not for you to look at what I've achieved and now think, oh my gosh, Francesca bought a house mm. at 23. So I must, I must now buy in the next two years. No, mm. I wouldn't advise you to do that. Cause number one, like even some of my friends, they've wanted to, they've spoken to me saying, oh my gosh, I can't believe my friend's done this. Da, 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 mm. da. I'm just like, you need to understand that my journey has been completely different mm. to everyone else in this world. That like, mm. your journey would be different to everyone else in this world. So mm. I've grown, I've grown up with certain principles. I've got a certain mentality. I've got certain knowledge that I've acquired along the way that others mm. do not have. So it's mm. not for people now look at me and think that you've failed because you haven't achieved mm. what I Amen to that. No, Francesca, <laughs> honestly, big up you, man. Big up you three times. Big up you honestly because yeah no you've done you've been able to achieve especially with the circumstances that you were obviously presented to with after um you finished college and stuff mm. within such a short period of time i only can just applaud you and sing your praises so big up Thank you man you.